the scheme of things. For you, my high word on a wing, and I am trying hard to fit among your scheme of things. It's safer than a strange land, and I still care for myself, but I don't stand in my own light. Trying hard to fit among your scheme of things. It's safer than a strange land, and I still care for myself, but I don't stand my own light. Does my prayer fit with your scheme of things? All right. <clears throat> Open up with some live music. Yeah. Here in the counter vortex with your ranter Bill Weinberg and on the guitar and singing our guest for the evening, Punag Tej. Hazarika, welcome aboard, Tej. Yeah, thank you. Speak into the mic a little bit more, I think. Thank you, yeah. Nice to be here. So, uh, was that your own song? No, it's not. It's just one of the songs that I've adopted. Uh-huh. And who did you this adopt is, it from? Uh, this is a David Bowie song oh, called really? Word on a Wing. Oh, okay. I didn't recognize it. Did you recognize that, Chris? I don't know Bowie. Oh, okay. I thought I knew Bowie, but... Uh... Don't remember that one. A lot of people don't know that what, one. What what era was that from? It, it's it's old actually. Uh, Must be really early in, early like, Bowie, right? I think it was in in Aladdin Sane. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> and uh, well, you're a man of um, many talents. You're a uh, musician as well as a publisher. Uh yeah, Cool Grove Press. Correct. Yeah, that's the imprint. Yeah, it's the one. We publish books on. And it's based in Brooklyn? Uh, yes, from uh, my laptop. Uh-huh. So in good a, old, room. Go, go old laptop room. publishing. Good old, uh, <clears throat> you know, digital world makes so much more possible and all that. But I see that you're actually putting out real books actually printed on paper that you can actually hold in your hand and read from oh, yeah. the printed page actually made it of wood pulp. So traditional, yeah. yes, yeah, traditional yeah, 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 small yeah, publishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, it's a, a proud tradition of uh, you know small publishing, and uh, here in uh, the New York City area, particularly the East Village, although you're based in Brooklyn, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I've been in Brooklyn since ninety uh, eight, I think. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. <clears throat> and yeah, I've been. Otherwise, uh, I grew up in in uh, Manhattan since the age of seventeen. Right, and we met actually at a presentation here in the East Village at the uh, Tompkins Square Park Library. Right, speaking about your publishing efforts. That, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. At, the, at the bilingual <clears throat> function, right? With exactly. Marta. Right. Yes, 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 yes. The bilingual yeah. function, precisely, and a lot of you know 
the presenters there were in some of the uh, you know predictable languages such as Spanish. You know, obviously. Yeah, there was, is, that's a Spanish English nexus for sure. Yeah, know, well, or, everybody presents it, in bilingually. But you were representing a language which is uh, a lot more obscure for most New Yorkers. Well, I at the event I was not exactly representing um, Assamese. If you were referring well, yeah. to that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's the, my father tongue. Uh-huh. And though I didn't grow up, I grew up in my mother tongue, grew, grew on my mother's side. Mm-hmm. But they are related, you know, they're, they're related. All right, so what, what, what is your mother? Uh, Gujarati. Gujarati. So uh, they're from... So you're, you're a mixed marriage. I'm a product of mixed marriage. Assamese and Gujarati. Yeah, yeah, it's unlikely... Yeah. I'm um, Jewish and Italian, so we have something in common. Oh, you are? Okay. That's... <clears throat> so you, you grew up Where? Well, I grew up, I was born in India. Well, okay. In Assam to start from the beginning. Yeah, so start, to start, start from the, the beginning, beginning, I was conceived in New York. Oh, great. Born in India, in Gujarat, in Baroda. Uh-huh. And then at the age of four, um, wound up in Africa, in Uganda. Mm-hmm. After going to Assam and living there for like maybe like a year and a half or two years, then mm-hmm. a little bit in Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Then it was known as Calcutta, now it's Kolkata. Right. I was there, and then I was back in Baroda, and then on a steamship to East Africa. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and so I was going to mention one. that uh, one of uh, your books that you've uh, published is Winged Horse, 76 Assamese Songs by Bupan Hazarika, who was your father. Yes. Yeah. And uh, a very important cultural figure in, um, in Assam. Uh, yes, musician, he, songwriter. He's like white, yeah, white. Not just Assam, but you know all the northeastern states of India. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he became a national uh, figure. Mm-hmm. He he sort of entered the mainstream, and then uh, now you can say pretty much he's entered he's the mainstream as a as a musician, he, as a singer songwriter, yeah. um, artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and voice for the the minorities in mm-hmm. a way. You know, in mm-hmm. In the aftermath and in, in hindsight, you can see that that he was promoting those things to the core of his uh, expressions. Um, those things, meaning those a, issues, a dignified place for minority peoples, and, and yeah, even. that 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 the, the the speaking up for the 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 small groups in the great diversity of the democracy of India. Right. So he felt very strongly that he was also from that sort of like a smaller group. He was one of the mainstream tribes, you know, like Haryana, Uttar Pradesh, Gujarat. There's like Assam is even more subdivided by many different, uh, you know, like language groups right, and right. Uh, genetics, culture. It's, it's sort of like the armpit of India. I well, we should, we should make uh, clear that Assam <laughs> like is a part of that. People say, but it's like the armpit of India. Well, you the know, armpit, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. this is where all the... You know, they, they gravitate to the warmth of the armpit somehow to this mm. area, which is the, which is the Brahmaputra, the Brahmaputra the, River, and yeah. it's wide plains, yeah. long, you know, lush, and then the mountains, you the know, Himalayas, to the north, the Himalayas north. to the yeah. north, yeah. and then hills to the east. Or we should the make clear, Himalayas Assam is kind a part of, of the the northeast corner of, of India, India which is very neighboring, neighboring, you know, Tibet, China, Bhutan, and then towards the east, Bangladesh, China, and, and then. Burma, Myanmar. Right, right. Burma on the east mm-hmm. side, Bangladesh on the west side. Bangladesh yeah, yeah, yeah. on the south. 
south of Assam is Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. There's also other small states, Tripura, Meghalaya, right, Nagaland. There's this little uh, corridor of just like, how long is it? Yeah, 20 it's miles 20 long? 20 miles that connects the mainstream India. Yeah. To the Brahmaputra Valley, right to to, yeah, to the northeast, well known, to yeah. the northeast corner. So there was so a you're corridor. Really, you're That's, separated from the from the like the mainland of India, so to speak. By this, by this, by this corridor of just, just right. 20 miles that's through the right. mountains. But also right? there's rivers that's, going that's through That's between it. Bangladesh and Bhutan, no? That's, yes, there's a little, little, yeah, little, yeah. little neck. But it's, by the way, but the river goes through it. So the Ganges and the Brahmaputra are going through it. So traditionally, these are riverine cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, after the railroads and roads, you know, things, those things. Okay, so down. which river passes the through the Ganges corridor? Goes the Ganges goes through the Ganges, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the highway to the rest of India through that. Into, or the Brahmaputra and the Ganges meet in... They meet in Assam, in, in Assam just north of Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Or it's in the border area. All right. And then they join and they flow through that mm-hmm. corridor into the rest of India. Ah, the... gee, you know, that's a good question. I don't know if the corridor happens before or after the meet. I think ah. it might happen. Mm-hmm. Brahmaputra doesn't flow that far west mm-hmm. to where the corridor is. Mm-hmm. It turns south. Well, I don't imagine there'll yeah. be room. We'll, so we, we'll consult yet, yeah. Google Maps later, yeah. but I would assume mm-hmm. there wouldn't be room for two rivers oh, in no, that no, twenty-mile car. Land, you know, so rivers yeah. only like what? Yeah. You know, most. Anyway, like a, the sense of the geography. So, getting back to your story, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Well, by this point, uh, your, your father's heyday would have been when in the sixties. He would have been very prominent in the. Well, he started as a child star, you know, back in, like, he was born in 28. By the time of 1936, he was already in a movie, in the first movie made in Assam. And then he was singing a song. He was singing a song that was completely fiery in pro-independence, you know, nationalist tropes. And, you know, it was, like, fiery. Yeah, and and there's a movie, yeah, the first Indian movie, movie, he was in that. So he started out young. He was discovered young before his voice cracked. And then when his voice cracked, he's devoted to studies mm-hmm. during that period, interim period. So or, well, but so he, by now he's elderly. His voice is cracking, so I would imagine. No, no. Well, the, the edge of edge of seven or eight cracks, then you can't sing oh, oh, anymore. Oh, 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 oh that, Childhood. That, yeah, yes, that, yes, yeah. that cracking. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Then right. so for Child like prodigy, three, uh, yes, for yes. three, four years, allowed <clears throat> him to become academic. He mm-hmm. became like he was a good student. All right, but he got so back he to music. And, but then, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. when his voice came back, he went back to singing. That cracking. Yes, 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 yes. All right, so again, his heyday would have been when he would have, his, his most prominent. So, period. so he already became a hero in Assam, like much sought after and loved uh, pop star, you know, like singer in Assam by the, by the fifties and everything. 50s. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but he was because they have a lot of festivals there, and and the festivals, you know, the best songs and singers and performers shine in front of the public, you know, and they travel all over the. It's a very party culture in that way. It's like entertainment. Or so, and then he came to national prom. But then, yeah, sixties, yeah. But he, what, what was it? He came here. He came to the states. He uh, okay. So he, this is not an. Uh, uh, he's got an unusual trajectory. Okay, so he was. He did his um, his uh, uh, undergraduate studies in Assam in the first university of Assam. It's a whole history about that. We have a book about that too, actually. Um, and uh, and then he went to the University of Banaras for his master's and uh, higher studies, mm-hmm. which was like a, Dr. Radhakrishnan was uh, the teacher of history and everything. Who was later the prime minister. Not the Radhakrishnan. 
No, no, Radha Krishna. Yeah, yeah, yes. And, Radha and Krishnan. Krishnan. Yeah, Radha Krishnan, yeah. yeah later Prime so he Minister was a, of India, he was a academic and then later became Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah. He was the enlightened uh, right. sort of He was also man. kind of a philosopher. So and, he yeah. so he <clears throat> got the best of that lot, uh, you know, like the really fiery uh, pre-post-colonial, you know, yeah, but right. most educated and nationalist at the same mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And understanding the nuances, local nuances. And then his younger, also in Assam, he got like he was mentored by the the heavy duties culturatis in assam mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. poets the radicals the revolutionaries the thespians the launcher of first theaters they all embraced him as a kid they saw his potential and they were like really you know very fired up okay so what brought him to new york uh, so 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 then he got a scholarship to come and get his PhD at Columbia University. Ah, very good. So he, which he did, which he, yeah, and that's did. how you wound up being born in New York. <clears throat> gotcha. Yes, gotcha. yes, that would be half the story. Okay, well, let's leave it at it that for a, now. We have a lot takes to cover. A mom to get. <laughs> we have a lot to cover. Let's leave it at that to get for a now. Birth, yeah. But um, all right. So then. Uh, you went back to India with your family, and then from there to Uganda. With my my maternal side were from Uganda. They were Gujaratis from Uganda. Yeah, they were uh-huh. from Gujarat. They were started out in Gujarat. Right, of course. But Gujarati immigrants yeah, to Uganda. That's right. Mm-hmm. In twenty four. Right, so your mother was born in Uganda she or was, India? No, she was all her siblings. She's the oldest. <clears throat> And she was born in India, the same town I was born in. Mm-hmm. But all her brothers and sisters were born, were born Uganda, in Uganda. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they were real Ugandans. Like my mother. She was the, she was the first one born uh, in the Bronx. All of the older ones were born back in the old country in Italy. Really? So, your so, mom's Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that makes course, you half, Weinberg. half Jewish. Yes, exactly. Right. Certainly isn't my dad. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, you went back to Uganda with your mother's family. Yes, back meaning I, that's the first time I was going there. Yes, 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 yes. But they yeah. were going back. Yeah, my grandma was going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was schooling mm-hmm. some older kids in Baroda, you know, the university level. So she kept house for them, and while uh, my grandfather continued his practice mm-hmm. in Uganda with other younger kids, so there was a hate. Uh, no, sorry, what kind of practice? Oh, he was a doctor. Doctor, mm-hmm. yeah. medical doctor. Yeah, yeah, medical doctor. Or it's, you were in Kampala. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For how long? Well, um, you know, I, I got there when I was about three and a half, four. And what, so and what, what, like what, what year would this have been, more 54. or less? From 54 to 69, I was in Kampala. All right. So am I correct that you had to leave because of Idi Amin? Uh, no, 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 not at all. On the contrary. No, I, I, I left because uh, my mother, who was a diplomat in the Ugandan diplomatic service, mm-hmm. she got posted to the United Nations under Idi Amin, when Idi Amin was already in power, uh-huh. she got a posting to come to the United Nations. That's interesting. And I had finished my O levels, you know, the high school Cambridge exams. And uh, well, I mean, Idi Amin was uh, notoriously hostile to the Indian immigrants, right? Correct. But the, so. Exactly. My whole family had to leave in lines and stuff, but my mom was already here. So maybe this is too much information, you know? No, it's okay. But no, but this is all hindsight. You know, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. So people. Assume things about you know, so so it's easy to assume that oh my mom was an Indian so how could she be a diplomat in the Ugandan African you know you know countries? Oh, she, she, she was appointed Indian. to that post by Idi Amin uh, by, or before before Idi Amin. Before right, that makes before, more sense. I think that was and she before. was kept in for a while. Well, yeah, she Idi was Amin. there for a while yeah, till yeah, she quit. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, got yeah, harried, yeah, she quit. Yeah, yeah. 
But until then, so she was posted to New York. So, you know, I'd finished high school and she said, you want to go to New York? I said, boom, I wound up in New York. For the rest of your life. Yes. Great. Yes. Great. So but that, that I took you, entry also. What my, year my, are we talking now? That was like 69. 69. March, wow, 3rd, here, March 3rd, 1969. Wow. What a great time to arrive here too. My yeah. goodness. So where did, what, what neighborhood did you first settle in? Uh, well, she had a place in Kips Bay Plaza near the UN because she worked mm-hmm. at the UN embassy, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. so she had a pad there. It was fabulous. I had my own room with armies of roaches crawling yeah, yeah. the, wall, the walls. <laughs> I've beaten back the armies of roaches. I mean, they will advance again because they always do. It's kind of a five-year cycle with them. But at the moment, they're in retreat. <clears throat> The mice are on the offensive at the moment. Rats, too. No, rats. No, no, rats. no rats, thank goodness. Oh, Brooklyn, she's rats. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Not indoors. It was rats out in the street. Out my, in the street mice indoors, them. rats outdoors. Better than the other way around, that's for sure. Anyway, so uh, <clears throat> so uh, you, were, uh, you landed in New York, well, just at the tail end of the whole 60s um, cultural ferment. Right. Yeah, just when it was beginning to wane. But yeah. still very much uh, oh, yeah. in bloom. By where I was, it was like very, very uh, going through all the transition. And uh, it was f- still very active till 72, till Cambodia. Mm. Oh, yeah? Then, you... then then after Cambodia bombing, 73, 72, uh-huh. then they retreated. Once they retreated, things changed. Oh, you think, until you, then, people you think were... the Cambodia intervention had some impact on No, the... I'm saying in terms of the timing of when at Columbia was in... In, in the state oh, of siege, oh, 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 you know, so yes, the student the body, yeah, all yes, the students yes, and everybody, yes, were, they weren't yeah. like taking a back seat. First of all, they had dropped out in '68. They dropped out, so they would. They, all they had to do was just continue, you know, fomenting, you know, raising consciousness about Colombia's role in the war in Vietnam. Okay, but what was your Colombia connection at this point? Because well, I, I enrolled and joined Colombia. Right, you, you, you were, you were, you were, University okay. as an undergraduate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I came here and boom, I got there. Wow. You know. So it was all like, you know, nicely worked out. It, it all worked out that way, you know. So like I can say, I came and... Or you, you know, were a part of the student me. movement? Well, I mean, I, all my, who, you know, it's like I'm a social being and I'm very, I'm very political. I came from pre and post-colonial Uganda. Yes, of course, Uganda, of course, of course, you know, of course, So yes, I was around very smart yeah. people, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. leaders. And all right, so yes, in other words, so immediately, you were Hawaii was the coolest yes. looking people on campus. You know, gotcha, it wasn't gotcha. the science students. It wasn't the physics students. It was these radicals who were like meeting and demonstrating, handing out, you know, flyers and, and the demonstrators and, and the Black Panther Party papers and the Muslim papers and the not the communists. I knew communists were square, you know, so I <laughs> stay away from them. You know, it's like, right, so all the rest of it, the, the culturati <clears throat> Greeks, you know, the whites, the blacks, you know, it was all like seriously, like very in your face. So I just like completely like I got disinterested in electron spins, you know, by the stochastic processes. I said, no. Or no, no, I do not want physics. physics. Yeah, I thought I was going to study physics. You were studying but physics. I thought wow. about physics, wow. you know, because wow. this is all programming. You know, you have to do something. I can't be a doctor because we only have two doctors in the house, mm-hmm. so I don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> okay, physics so... Physics uh, intriguing, you know, Einstein, you know, relativity and stuff. So the but hippies kind of diverted you from They were not hippies. Uh, they were they were sneered on hippies. That's where I learned yeah, to you know, yeah, understand yeah, yeah, that yeah, hippies yeah, yeah. The student hippies. radicals... Yeah. Yes, they were counterculture, the but they were too educated to, you know, be sheepish, sheepish. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was an uptown scene. Yeah. But the people were all like city folks, you know, city fo- all these young city folks who were like the smart kids, you know, who, who, 
who didn't see continuing, you know, to go to school. Okay, so they yeah, diverted so, so you we, from uh, your, yeah, no, you know, your, your we, path we, of being a physicist. I would would not have been a physicist. It wasn't in my you know DNA to be a physicist, right? Because you know, uh, fascination with relativity is one thing. But dealing with uh, the math involved yes, 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 is, is yes. a whole different. Yes, you gotta indeed, love it. Indeed, indeed. I was not a nerd from Queens, Chinese, Jewish, <laughs> or uh, one of the occasional black. You know, it wasn't well, I, me. You I, know? I, I am like, a, a Jewish kid from Queens, and I can't do math to save my life. Okay, well, I can barely do simple addition. But anyway, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, you did you did you change your major? Did you drop out? Oh, no, no. I was. It was a very, very complicated. You know, it's like I was on a student visa. You know, after my mom left, and I was no longer protected, and and Uganda ended, so I became a refugee here. So I actually had a refugee status here. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. yeah. They they only took the U.S. is like really weird like that. You know, it's like all these Ugandans were like being, you know, poked out of the country on lines. Mm -hmm. And they only took a thousand, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so I said, mm, I "said no, you're already here. You don't, we can't count you." So I got left out of that quarter. So I had to fend for myself, pretty much, you know. So I got into, you know, you don't have a status. I don't have Ugandan passport. I don't have an Indian passport, you know. So, so I got myself with the help of the International Rescue Committee. I have to like root for them. Huh? They, they fucking came through. And they, they helped me get this refugee status for, for years, for like, you know, like 10 years or whatever. I had to get the special white passport okay, to leave the country on, and come back. Okay, and this was on the basis? I wasn't a green card, nothing. This was on the basis of uh, the Idi Amin persecution of the Indians? No, on, on account of me not having a status because the Indians didn't recognize me. as I mean, the, the Ugandans didn't recognize me as a Ugandan. I had a Ugandan passport. But after all, my family all left and my mother left. There was nothing to go back to, mm -hmm. and I already didn't want to go. Was New York was yeah, 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 yeah. the thing yeah. for me, the place to be. Yeah, you know, I knew I was conceived here in New mm -hmm. York, also. Mm -hmm. By the way, one hundred four. All right, Street. so and at this point, you did not have Indian, and you still don't have Indian. No, I've, citizenship? I, you know, I became eventually. I became a U.S. citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the yeah. green card, yeah. and then I got my citizenship papers, and, and I went to Monticello twice. You know, Monticello. Yeah, to see uh, to Jefferson's see Jefferson's uh, pad and yeah, yeah. his Jefferson's life and style yes, and indeed. all the rest of it. You know. <clears throat> uh huh. Okay. But you've been back to India. I've been yeah. I've been. I always went back every four years, eight years, every four years or so. But then to Assam, to Gujarat. Yeah, to usually I'll go to Gujarat because there'll be family there yeah. and there's a place of birth. And to Assam with my mother, my father's family, this is like extended family, and they're, they're all there. So I would try to make it both, mm -hmm. both the places. Plus, Assam is right next to the eastern Himalayas where I would be going. That was my highest thing besides family was to go up there, you know, to, to check out. I, I, I like a, a deep interest in, in Buddhism. Mm -hmm. So these are the places, these are the places for the history of Buddhism in India, you know. So... The other thing I'll be doing is going to Arunachal Pradesh, mm -hmm. connecting in, in Darjeeling and places like that. Right. With the Tibetan Buddhist masters. They all like, they when they escaped from Tibet, they all uh -huh, had their, uh -huh, uh -huh. their secret hideouts all up there. Now, Arunachal Pradesh borders Assam? or uh, Yeah, it yeah. borders north of Assam, <clears throat> east of Bhutan, and south of right, China, right, Tibet. Right, 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 right. 
So these are like the really historically like uh, heavy Tibetan refugee community there. Yeah, yeah. Uh yes, and also the indigenous Tibeto Mongol there's many many Tibeto uh, Mongolian groups throughout the Assam Valley and all the way into Burma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then different dialect variations and what have you, but these are all groups that that live from, you know, all the way down along Arunachal Pradesh it extends all the way east you know so the, all those people are have to to what to to uh, into china it's it follows the border between china digital technology Yo. oh yes here we go yeah i'm i'm like in the middle of some serious uh in the, this i can't talk now there's a session going on here anyway getting back to our um interview with tej hazarika so uh, you stayed in touch with your father uh, after you had left India, first for Uganda, then for New York City, your father was in India during yeah, this period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, my parents separated and stuff, mm-hmm. and so my mother came back. But I would see him every time I went there. Mm-hmm. So there'd be every four years. Mm-hmm. On my way to Assam, I'd stop by. He lived in Calcutta, mm-hmm. so that was his headquarters, and. uh and and then I would go to Assam and do my thing there. Sometimes I was with him in Assam when he was there, occasionally. So we had parallel lives basically. And uh, yeah. and the last time that you were in India, uh, you actually uh, received uh, some kind of um, some kind of uh, recognition, some kind of uh, ceremonial. <clears throat> Uh, award uh, in recognition of his life's work, yeah, on was, his behalf was, from the president of India. That's right. Yeah, and it was in it was in uh, August. Um, I was as next of kin of my dad, as the next of kin of my dad's. Um, uh, I was invited by the Indian government to receive this high honor, the the highest civilian civilian award they give called the Bharat Ratna, which means Jewel of India. So posthumously, they awarded him this. Award and so they invited me to go to receive it at at a at a proper ceremony in in the Rashtrapati Bhavan, which is like the Republic's Grand Palace with fancy rooms and yeah, uh, right, right, yeah, in Delhi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you you received the the reward from the president. Yeah, the president of India. Then he had just been appointed the new president by the the then government, the government just now. And uh, what, he, what's his name? Covid. Covind, Covind, I forget his first name. Okay. He's, I think he was from Bihar, mm-hmm. possibly. And uh, yeah, it's from the president, and in in front of all these many dignitaries and, the and guests, yeah, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, in f- beautifully painted hall room. Well, it's great that your father's work is being uh, honored and recognized, given the rather polarized state of affairs in India at the moment. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's incredible, actually. It's it's um. Wonderful. So tell us about um, Winged Horse seventy six Assamese songs. Ah, yeah. So that is um a really interesting um um story. Actually, the the story of how this book came about. Actually, there's a chapter. I mean, in the four in the four matter, um, I wrote a thing called the the making of. Winged horse, how it came about. So it's really a product of the modern age of you know, like social media, online social media. Is it? This book is, yeah. This yeah. came out of that. Was born out of that for real. Oh. So I, I can recount it here. I mean, then uh, thank you for asking the question, 
because books have their, you know, histories. Um, and the way that happened was that um, my, da- my dad got sick. You know, he was hospitalized. And uh, that became national news. It was like a really big deal that, that he was hospitalized and in ICU and all that stuff, you know. And so um, I had just started doing Facebook and, and I encountered all these Assamese Facebook people, you know, all like raving about my dad. You know, and also this one gentleman was putting his translations of my dad's songs on on ah. his site. Mm-hmm. And this was like food for me because okay, I didn't speak Assamese in the English. Translated from Assamese to Into English. English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was like a, a bonanza for me, you know, because I knew some songs that my cousins had translated for me, you know, that I loved. But here was like a new song every day, you know, every other day is like a new song. And I'm going like, this is like, I'm getting to, to understand my father's poetry in, mm. in, in English. And, and, uh, and I, it was like a gift. I'm getting right. a Through gift. Through a Facebook connection. I got yeah. it. I yeah. got it. So, so being an independent publisher over the over the years of going back to see, you know, to Assam, you know, I mean, I connected with the translator, and then this was the result of that connection that um, this book happened. It became a reality. Seventy-six Assamese songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does the winged horse refer to? Well, there's one song that my dad uh, wrote and sang, which I always loved. And has now made made it my uh, anthem, sort of, you know, in my connection to my dad. So, can I read that? Sure, song please. To you? So absolutely. You, you, yes, you yes, get yes, to see yes, where yes, that's the yes, name, yes, yes. the winged horse, yeah, yeah, please, please. is the title of the song. <clears throat> so, um, it's the one song that that I took to heart and started learning it and playing it over and over again and adopting it. And. Uh, <clears throat> See, it is called Homoya Ogrogotir on the winged horse, page 36. So, uh, the lyric goes, uh, and it was written in, in Calcutta again in 1968. So, on the winged horse of advancing time, I hunt for a new horizon with a smile. Wearing a luminous crown, the day comes, the bina hums. With no despair, no regret, a dazzling flood of light cheers up my trail. With truth as a guiding light, the day dawns and the day departs. With no hatus, no hiatus, no respite, no my airy spirit fears no walls. Barriers to me are sweet windfalls. As the gorgeous sun happily beckons, my mind and soul, freed of chains, dance with joy unbound. My living tunes ring to bring a fresh new breed of songs. So I took that and put that as the winged horse became, you know, and that's the word song that... The, other song that, if you have time, I can do that that I've adopted. Oh, you've adopted into, it uh, song. musically. Well, yeah, you know, I I I, I adopted it to well, to my my way of playing music and all that. Do stuff. you wish to perform it? 
Sure. We're on the subject. Yes. Yeah. As long as we're on the subject, please do. Yes. Yeah. So this is in Assamese, the language. This needs tuning. That's okay. Tune it. Yeah, it's somewhere I read where the Buddha said in some sutra or the other that getting enlightened was like having a tuned guitar, being able to tune your guitar. So I'm far from enlightened, as you can see. Well, I don't but think every I, now I don't and think then, the Buddha had a guitar, but uh, with no bina, the bina is you know bina is the stringed instrument that is the in the hand of Saraswati, the goddess of learning. Oh yes, yeah. What is it so, called? Uh, Vina, variously pronounced Vina or mm. Bina, V E A N A. Mm. So if you look at Saraswati, she's the goddess of yeah, learning. Sure, sure. Yeah. Then she always has one of these. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was sort of a, a proto sitar. No, it's, it's a pro, yeah, it's form. it's a it's a stringed instrument. You know, yeah. it's a stringed strumming instrument right, with a yeah. with a with a sounding board. Still used and a fretboard. Still used today. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're elaborate versions of Vina's. And it's used in uh, classical music, folk music, both? More folk. I don't know, man. Okay. It's, I'm not a big mus- Indian music uh, aficionado. But I do know that... And I learned from my father, you know, like there's a lot of most uh, like artists in India of the, even if they, they could be Muslim too, but they still, you know, they partake of like Indian deities and stuff. Of course. Across. Like and there's no, no stage performer will get on stage without, we'll go up the st- they'll, they'll touch the stage and touch it to the heart before stepping on it, mm-hmm. you know, like entering hallowed ground, something like that. These are little customs, you know, that come from ancient times. Using a uh, so my dad, so they always had, you know, a picture of Saraswati up on the wall, mm-hmm. the muse for your writing, mm-hmm. for your music. Yes. Are you using a traditional tuning or is that some kind of open tuning? Traditional. Traditional. So he's also known as uh, the Bard of the Brahmaputra. Ah, that's one Bard of his monikers in India. Beautiful. He also has the other name is he's known as Huda Kontho. Huda Kontho. Which means? In Sanskrit, other bases, other places in India, they would pronounce it Shuddha. Shuddha Kontho. Shuddha means pure, mm-hmm. and Kontho means voice. Ah, mm-hmm. But in Assam language, they've got this ho. Mm-hmm. They don't say sha, they say ho. Mm-hmm. Huda, konto. Okay, so it's related to Hindi and Sanskrit. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, you know how, how the French and the Germans, they're ho, ho, yeah, yeah, ho, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the others don't? Mm-hmm. 
But it's part of the same Indo-Sanskritic base, not a Chinese thing like some right, people. Of course, of course. It may be, but you know, there's a lot of Chinese also in the in Assamese language, and, and plus the languages of the Accidental, other. So to speak. No, no, Long the words. other groups. They're completely not based on Sanskrit at all. Languages. Yeah, yeah, of course. The sub, the, the subgroups. Okay. <clears throat> Amoya Agragoti Pokirajan Uti Mane, 
Great. So your father's words? Yeah, that's your the music. Is the same, yeah. Your music. No, it's just music is the same, but I adopted to the bio music, uh, you know, bio music. Uh, 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 I turned the oh your arrangement. Yeah, yeah. Your arrangement. I I, mm-hmm. I I favored the 4/4 four, four instead mm-hmm. of the 3/8. Hmm. I mean, I jump into the 6/8 every now and then. Hmm. But I'm straddling. So it's the same music, but the, you changed the time yeah, signature. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Funkified it. <coughs> Funkified it. Funkified it. it all ah, because yes, this yes, is what I do. Rock and roll and funk yeah, is what. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and the yeah. reggae and, you know, that right, stuff. Right, that's what right. my... So is the original version of that song online? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's oh, really send me the link and yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go out with that. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I'll send you. It's beautiful. Please, and then please, the guitar lick is his un- my uncle. He was his younger. He was also a great star and, and talented. But he died. He, you know, he died. Uh, when he's I'm sorry. What speaking. was your, your name was part? yeah. His name was Rana. He right, was so what was Rana. his role in the song? He was the guitar. Oh, he played the guitar, guitar licks. Yeah, he played. He did the rhythm in the recording. In the recording. And, and so or so that, that would have been recorded when? Would have been recorded when? Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Wow! 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 Amazing! Amazing! All right. So sixty-eight was the year before you came to New York City. So. Uh, why don't you finish? So let's close the gap in your own story. Did did you ultimately graduate from, uh, from Columbia? Yeah, actually, I did. In physics? No, 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 no. You changed I, your major. I didn't. Yeah, like I, I didn't. I changed my major. To what? I, I went, to what? I don't want to get into that. Okay. <laughs> but I took a, as many art history courses as I right, could yeah, because humanity. that kept yeah, that kept me happy. Yeah, it's like the humanities Absolutely. saved my yeah. and philosophy and humanities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And art history was my talking. fast track into you know like everything I loved, music, art, and stuff. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. art and music, so I like painting and you know visual arts and so All I right, kept so myself uh, sane. Put it this way, you know, I made it through. I got a I got a diploma. Yeah, you know, I did it right. And then you're in New York City in the in the seventies, very sort of yeah, the tail oh, yeah. end of the countercultural ferment. Yeah, yeah. No, everybody split. The war ended. Yeah. So everybody scattered. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. A lot of them went back to law school. Others went to business school. Mm-hmm. I started teaching in the board board of education. Oh yeah, you know, so New York I, City. That's yeah. right. So I what got level? my street culture. What level? I was in remedial program teaching, you know, math and science to the dropouts, war vets, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. Vietnam war young vets. women, you know, young mothers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just wanted to get away from and Columbia. How long did you, how long know, did you so do that? I did it for like f- five years. Almost. And then what? Then what? No, I, meanwhile, I got and started getting into publishing. I started doing... Right, so when know, did you launch Cool Grove Press? All that, it came out very early, you know, I like declared it back in 92 or something like that you know but it was like one or two books a year uh-huh you know and now how many titles are you putting but how many this titles year you put out is because this is like for a while i remember i was busy with my dad's legacy and you know foundation in india you know i like school growth suffered i could really focus on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this year there's like 10 new titles and great two in the wings. great 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 excellent excellent so tell us about some of the titles Okay, there's there's like uh, some serious. Uh, okay, so there's like women poets. Uh, our first bilingual, uh, you know, book is coming out with uh, uh, Azahara Pelomek from Spain, uh, from Philadelphia, 
and her husband translated the poem. So we have first Spanish-English book hmm. coming out. Great. This uh, called American Poems. And uh, it's, it's very, very lovely, uh, you know, language. And it's really wonderful to read the line in Spanish and then the same line in English next to it. It's like, it's amazing. You know, you can like bridging. Here's the border talk. It's a bridging. It's, it's literally a bridge into the language. It's amazing. It's like, I'm so happy I'm doing it. So we'll be doing more of that, you know, building that up. And so Louise Landis Levy, she's given me two books of her poetry, new books, new poetry, which she's had in circulation for a while in chapbooks and stuff in Italy and Europe and what have you. So finally we're doing it. Uh, and, and one of them is called uh, Tower to Tara. Uh, and it's an homage to the Twin Towers. Ah, Tower mm-hmm. to Tara. And then the second one is Where I Stand in, Where, Where I Stand in Angel, which is another one, book of her poems. Really deep stuff, you know. She's like, you know, like, she's like a, a true poet troubadour, you know what I mean? Like, you know, she walks around with us, Vina. She also plays Sarangi and Vina. Oh, wow, great. So wherever she goes, she's carrying this bundle with her of, like, very delicate instrument. But it's, uh, she's on another level, and she, she's able to do that, you know, and, and travel and, and, and go from poetry readings to poetry readings. She carries her, our books with her, you know, always at events and what have you. And you're putting out a... Uh... And, and she's, she also translated René Dumal's uh, Rasa, which was Rasa is a book that, that's been with New Directions first in Lorimar in uh, France. Dumal was this, René Dumal was this unusual French... Sort of connected to the surrealist movement, but he, had, he was another part of linguistic. And he was one of the early sort of discoverers of uh, aesthetics in Sanskrit aesthetics in India and what have you. So he wrote and compiled, translated from the Sanskrit many things to try to understand. What was his name? René Domal. Hmm. And uh, he, he, he became famous in the 60s. There was a book called Mount Analog, which was his parable sort of journey into a spiritual world. Which I used to see at the bookstores that people Mount Analog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mountain with an eye on it. Hmm. But but he did this semi academic work like from from the aesthetic and arts point of view, Western aesthetics, not academic approach to uh understanding, you know, from the texts themselves, like classical Indian aesthetics in dance, theater, in Color. Okay, so at the so that Louise translated mm-hmm. from the French into English, our poet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now that book is coming out at Cool Grove called Rasa. There's uh, yeah, Rasa. it's been out of print. Rasa means juice. Rasa in, means uh, in in Sanskrit, Rasa means the essence of a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Rasa. So How do you anything R A S A. Yeah, it's a Rasa mm-hmm. means the essence of a mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was the title he gave his book of compilations of, you know, theories of aesthetics. Fascinating. Which was originally published in the, what, did you say the 20s? No, no, no. Uh, that might have come out. Uh, it's a good question, you know. Uh, it could be 30s or 40s. You can Google mm-hmm. that, you know. In French okay. and then from the, and, and what, and, what, no, no, it's probably the 50s or 60s. And oh then yeah, Louise, yeah, yeah. she met Domal, you know, she had a connection. Mm. So she, he, then she translated this and then there was another academic translation, you know. But her translation was more from the, from the counter, you know, like from really from poet, like a, a wandering poet's 
scholar. When, but when was his uh, his heyday? His heyday must be the 60s, 50s, oh, 50s, late, 50s and 60s. Okay. 40s, 50s, 60s, starting in the 40s. When the, when the Surrealist movement, he was part of this extreme right, French... The, the Surrealist movement was early. Poets who were like... Who were like Remember, for they were like you know drugs. Yeah, the excessive you say, use you of drugs. You did say surrealist, right? Yeah, they, yeah he, that, was, that he was, was he was he was he was part of, but yeah. you know he didn't wasn't a surrealist. Early influence. He was part of, yeah, yeah. So turn of the century, and then the Rasa might have come out in the forties, possibly, mm-hmm. and then Louis well, translated we'll it in later. the sixties. We'll okay, yeah. so so that's also what at language Kugrove. were you representing at that uh, gig where I met you at the Tompkins Square Library? Oh yeah, so. One of our authors is Rolando Perez, you know, and he's a Cuban. He's a Cuban, and he's he's a professor at Hunter in Romance language and and uh, you know Spanish and and in English, I think. And so he's given me a few books that are in English, but um, his aesthetic is very uh, Hispanic, and it's not just you know Cubans in the United States, but. He goes to Spain all the time, so he knows a lot of Spanish writers and what have you. So he he introduced me to this group, you know, this Marta, her last name, I forget her. She's hosting, curating that show every year. Mm-hmm. She's she's a very well-known poet in Spain, you know, and then she's a professor here. In, uh, and she, she curated the show at the library. Yeah, uh-huh. so she's been doing it every year. It's a bilingual thing. Mm-hmm. So he introduced me to it as as a, you know, because so I'd expressed. So he's helping me build this Spanish English platform, and he introduced me to Azahara. So now we're gonna publish our first Spanish English book, as we're gonna do Assamese English books as well. So we're keeping it. All you know, moving across the borders, crossing bridges. Yes, very multicultural. Use serious yes. cliches there. Yeah. <laughs> and you published a uh, a Kerouac biography, or you're no, no, the- no. I was going to, but we're not actually. Oh. Uh, it's too complicated. Too complicated. Uh, but uh, a book of his poems, the 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 Jerry Nicosia who 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 wrote Memory Babe, um, the out of print biography. So he's given me uh, his poems about beat poets he knew. He's from the West Coast. So mm-hmm. from first-hand accounts of right, so he knew well-known. Kerouac? He didn't know poets, but he knew other, the, you know, after Kerouac was the whole, the beat poets. Yes, of course. Way. So he start, he's got, like, he's given me poems about well-known beat poets. Gotcha. Okay. Not Kerouac. Kerouac. Well, he wasn't really a poet. Yeah, he was a, a, he was a much earlier generation. Yeah, yeah. So he had, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and then then there is a great uh, art history book coming, you know, with Mark Block called "Listening to Thistles," which is like all these essays of like seminal art movements in New York since the you know forty, fifties, sixties, seventies. Listening to thistles. Thistles, that's okay. right. And he he published in yeah he 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 had all these <clears throat> articles published in you know many art history magazines, including Brooklyn Rail, White. White noise, yeah, sure, and so on. So, but he's given me all this whole bunch. It's like three hundred and fifty pages of articles. All right, getting back to the interview after some uh, interruptions. All right, so uh, let's get uh, back to the mixed marriage tip. Asamis on your uh, on your dad's side, Gujarati on your mom's side. Yeah, and you spent you spent time in both. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, as as a youngster, I grew up 
around my mother's side. And then in my adult age, I've been spending more time on my father's side mm-hmm. families. So, mm-hmm. But uh, the odd thing about the, 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 the connection is that they met each other in Manhattan. My parents would have never married or met each other even. Right. And your they, dad was going to Columbia at Yeah, that time? he was going to Columbia at the time in the teacher's college doing his doctorate there. In what? In uh, audiovisual education. Uh-huh. And, uh, and your mom was doing what? And my mom was doing a master's in School of International Affairs at Columbia University. Oh, wow. Great, great, great. That's how they met. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was like weird. They met each other and then it, then I happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, then my mother, mother was not going to stay to do her PhD and what have you. I think they ran out of money or whatever, you know. Plus, I was happening. So, as is the tradition in Indian families, usually the 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 mother, expectant mother, goes home to her mother's house and births the child that in that family. This mm-hmm. is common. Mm-hmm. In in uh, you know certain. So that's Indian what band. she did. She what she did. She to... went to Baroda and then gave birth to me there. Mm. And that, and that's then, in Gujarat. Yeah, in Gujarat. Yeah. And then my dad finished his doctorate in '52, and then he sailed, and then he collected us and took us to Assam. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you want to talk about your Gujarati heritage a little bit? The Gujarati heritage is also a heritage of pioneers, uh, entirely pioneers, because my mother's dad, he moved to Uganda, to, to the, what became the capital of Uganda, Kampala, when it was just a village, uh, in 1924. So um, the British built a railroad from the Indian Ocean all the way into Uganda, across Kenya. It's an 800-mile trek which they wanted to open up Uganda to the Indian Ocean, you know. And so in the wake of the, that, you know, Indians started moving, you know, to, to mostly from, from Gujarat. Gujarat has a big connection to Africa, you know, traditionally the monsoon winds just kind of blew you over hmm. to Mombasa from Gujarat hmm. and back and forth. So a lot of and trade back and forth over the There's centuries. a lot of trade, yeah, and and they were, they were somehow pioneers and then they would, so a lot of East African coast, the early businesses were either Indians or Arabs. Right, sure. Yeah. And uh, some of them started moving in. And uh, because there were uh, so many Indians had migrated to, you know, like the people, they, they, the British used the British used Indians to build the railroad. Initially, they brought many Indians over to build the railroad, you know, the managers of Savo and many, many Eden Mike lions and you know what have you but a lot of them stayed over you know the prospects were much better in this new land you know they would open up stores at the nodes and what have you then the more professional classes started coming teachers what have you you know and then my grandfather came in 24 as a doctor and uh he was the only there were the only other doctor was a missionary doctor at the time came to kampala yeah so there were two doctors Mm -hmm. and he was one of them and so there are all these stories about black water and plagues and, you know, surviving all these things, and mm. bringing up kids. And the whole, you know, whole pre- and post-colonial saga was all embedded in that. And then for my grandfather from there in 1947 to send her, his eldest daughter, to do her bachelor's degree to New York 
in Manhattanville College hmm. uh, was like pretty out there. You know, these things, you know, is like not a common so practice. So you grew up speaking Gujarati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was that your first language? Oh, yeah. And then and there's English. The Indians speak English. Right, you know, I mean, right. when you get into politics and history, they switch to English, yeah. you know. And oh, but you were you're speaking Gujarati about every first stuff, and yeah. English. Gujarati to yeah, yeah. for English, yeah English to you know f- at the at the <clears throat> dining table at home you yeah, know right, you know, exactly. it's like you yeah, speak yeah, yeah, in, yeah. you don't speak in English right, yeah. but you do you switch if you talk about discussions switched into English I mean you know yeah, yeah. extensive you know, extensive extensive yeah uh, so we were, by, we were trilingual and then Swahili was the other language oh. which was like the pigeon so you Swahili. Swahili yeah the word you know to get around you know right. It was already bastardized because we were more not on the coast. In inland, it deteriorates, mm-hmm, but still, mm-hmm. there was the only language that you you know that people kind could of a use. Lingua franca. Yeah, in the, in in the, it, yeah, in the marketplace. Right. If you knew Swahili, you know a little bit of and so then you could get over. Wow. You know, so the marketplace, the Indian ladies went to buy the you know brinjals and what have you. They knew that much Swahili to talk to the vendors who are usually African women and, you know, from surrounding villages. So, uh, I mean, your life has been quite an amazing uh, sort of cultural patchwork. A lot of elements here. Assamese, Gujarati, Swahili, New York City, anti-war movement at Columbia University. It all kind of... Uh, doesn't stop. Yeah, right. Hopefully it doesn't stop. And uh, and today, uh, keeping alive, uh, uh, you know, uh, multi-culti, multilingual... Um, Literature with Cool Grove Press. Well, more more coming into the multilingual. It's been English mostly. Yeah, but Assamese has entered the fray right. now. In Spanish know, for Northeast and Spanish yeah. introducing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's multilingual, and, man. Uh, yeah, and I mean Assamese is particularly. I mean, again, Spanish is a fairly common language here in New York City, but Assamese is. Uh, but yeah, I, I also because I have you know I publish for India as well, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm creating these books to reach Indians uh, outside of Assam and the Northeast. They know my dad very well in Bengal and what have you. Right. He's really famous. There. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. The books are in, you know, all his songs are in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Bengali and in, in English and in, in Assamese, but the rest of the India, they only know like the hit songs, you know, they, they were translated to Hindi, mm-hmm. they became national hits. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows them. But the bulk of his work is uh, embedded his philosophy and uh, his 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 tutelary uh, status is unabated now, now even more than ever, because he he made people aware of the environment, about diversity, about you know like uh, finer emotions in relationships, in poetry, in beauty, in uh, industry, in change, in science, the future, Mandela, you were talking about, you know, the international movements. Um, you know, he, Nelson he, Mandela? Sure, he's got yeah, a song about Mandela. Oh, wow, great. Yeah, because yeah, when, when Mandela went to Calcutta, you know, the Bengali government, which was the communist government, right, leftists at the time. So they, they, they got my dad to, you know, write a pen a song. This was when? Uh, this was during apartheid, and you know, like during a time when you know, like seventies, like eighties, I guess, eighties. Well, he was in prison then. No, when he get out, when he got out, when and he then got he out. went to India. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whenever, so that must be the nineties, early nineties, yeah, right. probably. 90s. Yeah. yeah, Mandela. So, but that's but he's written about this book. You know, lets you see how uh, Renaissance his mind was. In other words, it was kaleidoscopic. 
and so he sought to to uh, make people in in Assam, in the rolling Assamese and Bengali, aware of these nuances as being very common to all humans, you know, worldwide. So he tried to educate uh, people about humanity, which is why I can get behind it personally. So uh, how is your Assamese? I'm learning more. I'm not, this this was a way in which I, I sort of hijacked myself into, you know, mm-hmm. because there's the, the middle section is word meanings, mm-hmm. and then the third section is actually Assamese script. Uh-huh, so you can uh-huh. toggle back and forth between... And how different is it from Gujarati? Somewhat There's some words are common, yeah, some grammatical things are inverted. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of words come from Sanskrit base. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not, it's not yeah. just Sanskrit base. A lot of North Indian common languages have a lot of Arabic. They have yep. a lot of Iranian. Right. You know, it's Long words. hodgepodge. Yeah, yeah, right, sure. Definitely. So, when were you last in Assam? Well, I, I went back in November. Right. On the same trip when you received the award. No, then I came back and then my son and I went back ah. to finish some business. Oh, okay, great. To do that. So you were in Assam in November. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Again, again, we went Just there. before things uh, started to heat up in India. Uh, the, before the CAA, yeah, the they passed that bill was... The Citizenship the Amendment Act. Amend- yeah, yes, Amendment Which sparked a great deal of protest across the country. And especially in Assam. In especially in Assam, with their special grievance and uh... special grievance, exactly. This is what I wanted to get yeah. at. If maybe you could shed a little bit of light on this, the protest in the rest of India and the protest in Assam against the Citizenship Amendment Act have been very distinct in terms of their uh, grievances and demands. Yes, yes, they are. In fact, uh, in fact, they're they're, they're significantly different, and uh, which is causing some rift. Yeah, between you know, like general Indians' consciousness about Assam <clears throat> is not able to not able to wrap their minds around <clears throat> the com- complexity. So, do you want to maybe speak on that briefly? To the best what, of my ability, you know, to the best of my ability, the the what CA means outside of Assam in the northeast, basically, uh, is is that uh, <clears throat> it's like the Muslims are being marginalized artificially. Yes. You know, and and as a result, there's, there's a you and cry about that. You yes. know, it's like nobody likes that. Absolutely. Okay. Now, but in 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 Assam, actually, you know, I would like to begin by saying that there's an indigenous Muslim population in Assam, which is completely integrated into Assam culture, with intermarriages and uh, you know sharing spiritual songs across Sufi and Vaishnavist uh, religions historically. And they went completely native, so some of the some of the very prominent uh, literatis and songwriters of Assamese culture are also Muslims, but they are indigenous Muslims, and they're like distinguished from the Muslims coming from Bangladesh to the south of the border, which became a state that was was came into existence as a as a, as a Isla, Islamic state, I think, but it was tra- tra- uh, traditional. I mean, like historically, it was. East Pakistan, right, and Until and, the war in and then, then they yeah. couldn't take this kind of yoke, heavy yoke of Pakistan on them, being you know different right. cultures, so they languages, and there was a terrible and war. Then, yeah, and there was a terrible war, the and then the, refugees the, fled into India. And the Indians helped the Indian Indians helped them liberate yeah. from the Pakistanis, right. but traditionally, even before that happened, the border between Assam and Bengal 
were porous before it became West Pakistan. It was all Bengal, Bengali-speaking people. East Pakistan. Yeah, before East Pakistan, right. West Pakistan, the yeah, partition. Yeah. Yeah. They were all Bengali people right, with, with the ancient history. Yeah, yeah. And traditionally, they were like heavily populated in the Delta regions and Assam Valley is like relatively sparsely populated. And so there was always porous walls Bengalis were moving into until a point where it happened that, that they started commanding, you know, like sort of outnumbering indigenous Assamese-speaking mm. peoples with their great diversity again, you know. Mm. But they still had, like, Assamese was a uniting language, even in Arunachal Pradesh and places like that. Like the neighboring states that became balkanized, it was all part of old Assam was covering all this area was part of Assam. When? Administratively. When? Between the time that the Burmese were defeated by the British and British took over the region, mm -hmm. British invaded, uh, the Burmese invaded uh, Assam. Hmm. They defeated the Ahom Empire. This was when? 1825. 1825. Yeah, uh -huh. then, but then the British came and thwarted them. Hmm. Interesting. And they defeated the Burma. And then the politics commenced from there about the status of Assam vis a vis. Bengal was the big capital with Calcutta, the biggest sports city in the Southeast Asia. And uh, there was this, like some serious misinformation about Assamese and Bengali being related and mm -hmm. being like... But it, they're both they're independent tracks historically. Mm -hmm. Assamese may be older, you know, mm -hmm. proto-language. All right, so and, Assam was a part of a larger administrative unit under the British... Uh, it, it, it became, yeah, it became, yeah, it, it became, that's right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so Bengal, there was Assam and there was Bengal. They were separated at the time uh -huh. that, that they couldn't, it was understood. So and what Bengal happened were, was, were Bengal, they were like gunning to, you know, try to was subsume. Was part of Assam? No, they, it was, historically, Bengal may have been part of early Assamese empires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not they, under they, the British. But no, 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 under the, yeah, right. So under the British, uh, but uh, like Arunachal Pradesh was, was a part of Assam. No, they was all British? part of Assam. Yeah, yeah, yeah administrative. Yeah, yeah. It, it was called a special Northeast Frontier Regions. Mm -hmm. They were known as bordering Tibet. Okay, but it was but broken then, up into separate states upon independence. No, 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 no. The, in independence, there were some statuses were um, they were like administrative things were put in place in recognition of the linguistic and yeah. racial groups right. that inhabited those traditionally. So there were some adjustments made for that. Uh, <clears throat> but it was um, balkanized when China invaded in 1962. Oh, that late, really? Yeah, when they came, they came all the way down to 50 miles from the Brahmaputra with the armies. And, uh, and so they completely rocked the boat. And then after that point, you know, they decided to break up the uh, principalities into all these different states. Why? And because there, be... were, there was a clamoring, the people were clamoring, so they mm -hmm. didn't want to be part of this right. hodgepodge. Okay, okay, right. Yes. You know, they, they didn't even want to be part of India, a lot of them. You know, so, right. they so, were, so they were autonomous at the signing of the independence in 1947. Mm -hmm. They were already autonomous people, but they were somehow, you know, subsumed yes, yes, into yes, the yes, Indian yes. side. And then later they rebelled. Mm -hmm. And then later on, they decided that they didn't want to be part of China. They'd rather be All India. All right, so it was a response to pressure from below that the area was broken up into, into new states. From, from below and from administrative points of view, they realized that, yeah. you know, we can't, Assamese, Gohati cannot control the independent mindsets yeah. of these mountain people who are genetically very different from mm -hmm. these, and they have different okay, cultures and, and the, languages. The, 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 the war so with give China. Give them autonomy. 
the the role of the war with China was the fear that China could sort of exploit unrest in the region. Well, they were doing everything. They were just claiming the territory. Yeah. On on their pretext that you know since they own Tibet, then all these were traditionally Tibetan territories. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they are now Chinese territories. So we're coming to get ours. Okay, but again, the administrative redrawing of the borders was sort of a uh, an attempt to undercut any Chinese attempts to exploit the situation. Well, sure, I mean yeah, okay. the Indians realized that that you know uh, these people they they have their grievances, but right. you know we're, they're not they they're not going to become Chinese agents, you know, by giving them autonomy, you know. So. Right. Yes. 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 And giving them autonomy might be a way of undercutting Chinese attempts to exploit these tribes. Right. And at or the same time, attempts. they can. So, okay, it's, so if you notice, it's like the whole thing is a so tiara. The crown northeast is Assam, and then there's this, all these states crowning Assam. If you look at the map, so, so crowning Assam, the, the state of Assam and the other little border states are like. The jewels on the crown. Or Arunachal of, uh, Pradesh. That's right. Nagaland, Manipur, Tripura. Mm-hmm. You know, to the west also Sikkim. Mm-hmm. And Bhutan mm-hmm. is not really part of Sikkim. is now included part of the Seven Sisters. You know, the Seven Sisters. The Seven Sisters being those so seven states in the crown, northeast. crown jewels. And, but they're all border states. There's a border. That's border talk again. So traditionally, these were all heavy border areas. Interesting. Okay, border talk. That's kind of your... Um, that's kind of your phrase for what you uh, what 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 you do in your work. You call it yeah, border well, I, talk. Yeah, I, I was as a, as an immigrant. Um, you know, I found myself uh, like really speechless, voiceless, basically, because I had to. When I came here, I was just by inclination not interested in perpetuating what I came from because I knew I wanted to discover new things. What, what is this America about? What are these all these other people? How do they think? I was more interested in you know crossing borders that way you know i was like i was hanging out not with the indian communities but with the non-indian communities from all different races and what have you so but in the process i also sort of uh not not having the i lost my voice so to speak you know it's like uh and and that is like to me is like a, a symptom of alienation when 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 you when you don't feel integrated into a society, then in a way sometimes you lose your voice because right, you are you speaking in a metaphorical sense? You mean you physically lost absolutely your voice? Absolutely no, metaphorically Metaphor- of course. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't have these elements. Well, you elements. certainly regained it. Thank goodness. Well, yeah, but there, but there was a struggle. You know that that's that's also that's that's the story. You know that's the border talks. I realized okay, so it's it's like. Uh, finding a frame for you know what really makes you tick and where you feel like uh, you know it's your own experience as opposed to okay, a border glommed in, in experience the sense of uh, you know the various uh, cultural spheres which kind of intersect in your persona. That yes, yeah, sure you can look at it like that, but, it, but but I'm saying that that border talk is not just my providence or domain. It's like most people you know in this country. Are uh, have an element of border certainly experience, and certainly City, in yeah. New York City, there's a lot of that, and and certainly on all the border towns, you know, it's more than is acknowledged. And this is a whole hybrid culture, you know, basically. The United, you know, States. United States, a hybrid culture, you know, like uh-huh. in the South, white people speak like that because they had black mommies. They speak like Africans, you know, the English. This is well explored. So that's all border talk. And we got onto this. We're talking about the border between uh, Bangladesh and Northeast India, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that the CAA yeah. specialized in that. 
because the the citizenship act is like you know there's uh, they're saying that oh they're discriminating against muslim you know people in across the borders who might want to come and allowing anybody who's not muslim that if they have like asylum and seeking asylum welcome to india right, you know exactly. as long as you're hindu right. christian or buddhist exactly. of course yeah as long as you're not muslim oh, do because you're constitutional welcome. and then they wanted to count everybody and then they found out they gave up on that because millions of uncount- uncounted people in assam were actually hindus so they couldn't very well put them in concentration camps or throw them out so they gave up on that you know So they were trying to like I'm sorry who gave up on what the exactly? central government they 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 NRS they 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 distinguish okay we got to count the people and we could find out who's a citizen who's not a citizen right that's for so when they, when the national they, registry right yeah, yeah right when they when they counted assam there's too many people were hindus who were not like couldn't right. possibly prove themselves to be indians okay you know cuz so they just gave up on that project completely uh-huh. in assam and then so the adjustments they're making but now assam has like a lot of indigenous people who are not ganjeric or the mix between the ahoms and the ganjeric people and dravids but they're coming from like very other and so they have traditionally they're the octothons or whatever you know they they were there before the aryans came you know before mm-hmm. the ganjeric stocks started incurring into you know Uh, and so, so they they so like they they are not interested in 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 having the lands taken over by by, by any immigrants coming from mm-hmm. from oh, well, this this precisely my question all right so the uh, whereas you know these big strikes and protests that were going on in the rest of india uh you know have been by muslims and secularists who um uh, feel that the uh, that the citizenship amendment act discriminates against muslims whereas the the protest in assam and the northeast have been uh, they feel that you know the citizenship amendment act is going to allow too many people to uh, get indian citizenship yeah, automatically yes yeah. and uh and 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 the double whammy i think is that you know people are already there you know if they're obliged to go and seek you know birth certificates and and you know proof of citizenship they be hard pressed because i don't even have my birth certificate you know that's why i i i can't get this person of indian origin because the the red cross hospital is not there and nobody mm. knows where the records are mm. so i don't have a you have affidavits mm. from my grandmother and what mm. have you but i don't have so a lot of people cannot produce these things so it's like a artificial law designed to like marginalize muslims as having an adverse effect over there is completely all the assamese speaking culture and the indigenous people are, do not want migrations of people to coming in from bangladesh or any other part of india uh to 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 sort of like they're afraid of becoming marginalized yes, themselves yes, you know yes, yes, yes. and so that's why you know my dad's legacy is like the one shining assamese thing that everybody can unite behind mm-hmm. you know and so he's given such stature you know like the longest bridge in us in in the in india is named after him oh really across yes. the brahmaputra yes a seven mile long bridge mm. the longest bridge is called the bhubaneswarika mm. bridge in assam yeah yeah in guwahati no it's further up upper assam uh-huh. in upper assam mm. it cuts you know it allows people to before they have to go like travel long distances to cross a bridge and go back up the river huh. and 
ferry services are not that you know great. So there are still uh, in some of these areas. I believe also in Assam there are still um, separatist insurgencies which have been going all of these years ever since Indian independence, where these people feel that you know they were uh, uh, you know brought into India against their will. I'm wondering what how the politics of these insurgencies play out amidst all this. Uh, I'm sorry, the ULFA. Yeah, there was Ulfa, then there was Ulfa became Sulfa and all that stuff. The United Liberation Front of Assam? Yeah, back yeah. in the day, there was like a six-year period where um, the youth and many intellectuals and, and Assamese people sort of decided that enough is enough as far as the center's treatment of Assam is concerned. They always felt jilted, double standards is the most backward in India mm-hmm, economically mm-hmm, in terms of infrastructure yeah, development yeah, yeah, yeah. and most exploited at the same time, you know, yeah. outsiders, rip roaring businesses. And uh, there are like grievances that, that, that disfavored the Assamese, you know, way, probably way back from the treaties that were made, you know, between the British and the, you know, then since... The British and the cool. but the, the Whatever they... Uh, I... British and the Ahoms, maybe local principalities, local. Uh... Well, the Ahoms was a big kingdom, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they ruled Assam for like yeah, six hundred. Box Box Ahomia was local established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like brilliant because they intermixed, and so they 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 became indigenous. Okay, so what are the politics apart from separatism and apart from you separatism know, is like... not an option anymore because all those hotheads, first of all, they were like suppressed, and then later on, they they were like. They started the investing still, in businesses. The Ulfa is still sofa. active, though, no? They're, they're, I, I believe there's some people that their leaderships uh, may be scattered outside India and still sort of And there's, there's some the insurgency in Nagaland. Yeah, but that's like a whole different is it? ethnic struggle. Again. Right, yes. So that's yes. not part of Assam. Well, it's, it's part of the North They have East. their own. They want their own autonomy. Yes, it's, exactly. It's like Nagaland for Nagas. Yes, exactly. You know, there's a distinct culture and language. Right. And this uh, doesn't, the doesn't Assam, the, the yeah, uh, but Ulfa want uh, Assam for the Assamese? I mean, yeah, no, they, they they were trying to, you know, like separate and everything, and then it was like really horrendously crushed, and like a lot of people, you know, it was like a dark period. That later on they they accepted certain treaties, and oh yeah, it was against immigrants coming in. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Then finally, the Assam uh, students' unions and and activists. Went to to New Delhi and got them to sign the Assam Accord, right, saying right, that right. anybody who came before 1971 that what year was this? The Assam Accord, eighty five. Yeah, mm-hmm. that anybody before 1971 can can stay. Anybody mm-hmm. came after 71, 71 being the year of the war in Bangladesh. Yeah, we should yeah. get rid of them. You know, yeah, their uh, government. But none of the governments that came into the center power did anything about it. In fact, they started using these refugees to vote their own people into power. They would like give them some temporary certificates, load them up in, called, they became vote banks. They call them vote For the Congress party or? For both, both parties both used parties, vote yeah, banks yeah, yeah. to, you know, like get into power. Right. Congress so, so they enjoyed this kind of thing and, uh, and so it's like a, a, a terrible dilemma that Assamese and the, and the middle class also is, um, pinched, you know, and by this, they're they're, they're reacting. They're they're afraid of being marginalized, 
you know, everything they grew up with. Well, it all sounds very complicated. My goodness. Yeah. And what about, uh, do you have any sense of who was responsible for these uh, blasts which just took place in the market? When? In, when? Uh, just recently, you didn't hear? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. No <clears throat> idea. No idea. I know. That is weird. Wait, in Guwahati? Yeah. That is... Could be anybody. Multiple explosions in Assam on Republic Day... Multiple blasts have been reported in the state of Assam as nationals, as the nation celebrated the 71st Republic Day on Sunday morning. The initial two blasts took place in uh, Dibrugar town. Dibrugar, Mm -hmm. upper Assam. At around 8 p.m. January 26th, so far no injuries to any civilians have been reported. Police officials have rushed to the explosion sites and have said the blasts were of Low intensity. Well, that's good. The first blast appeared at the Graham Bazaar. Uh, <clears throat> the second one occurred near the boundary wall of a school at Marwari Patti in Dibrugar. So, yeah, well, they're, yeah. they're the hottest over there. The, the anti, you know, they, they don't like uh, the BJP government and, and the, their support of Ka. The, the, Citizenship uh, amendment. Yeah, Act. resistance is yeah. fierce. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. where the the chief minister's constituency is is there. So they're like giving him a message. Is where? Debrugger. Oh, really? He's from up there. Huh. So they want to send him a message, probably that you know we don't like this. The chief minister is from there. Yeah. Uh huh. The chief That's minister of meaning, meaning the governor there. of um, the of Assam, minister. basically. The governor is a appointee from the central government. Yes, 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 yes. He's yes, not yes. a right. Yeah, titular. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chief minister is by by elections. Yes, 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 so yes, yes. Yeah. The, he's from that area. I'm sorry, equivalent so of what we would call the governor here in. No, this governor here is in like Gringolandia. The, the, the you know British governor. Yes, in, yes, in yes, 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 whatever, yes, 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 yes. Central government has their. You know, it's an appointee. It's a political. It's a political appointment. You, even the president right, of India you, is a political you, appointment. You, you, they change with yeah. governments, mm-hmm. more usually. Or right, yeah, so, it's, so it's, the, the, the chief minister of Assam is from this area, which was where, where the bombs went off. Yeah, what, I what, so. what, what, what's his party? What's his name and party affiliation? Oh, he's like Sarvananda Sonowal. Sonowal. He he was the one who who actually the student leader who brought the accord in eighty five. Oh, to interesting. So his oh, fame was that, that he got that thing signed. And what's his party affiliation? But he won on BJP. Uh-huh. So the whole BJP, BJP rise in Assam resulted in him, a student leader who proposed something so popular in Assam, which was never honored by the central government, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to become, he, he, he got in, you know, to be uh, the chief minister, and then he and his uh, cabinet they supported the BJP's uh, CAA, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and uh, it's not a very popular thing in, in Assam, you know, on the grassroots level, poor right. people, middle class people, mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. they feel, you know, completely like betrayed mm-hmm. by these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know. These are all expressions of 
this taste. They don't want it. They want people like you know. They're like busy trying to like you know. They they want to live a good life. Basically, everybody's like out for all of India is like the middle classes are rising, you know, and everybody's trying to find their ways to uh, you know move into better homes, better right, you know, vehicles, yeah. like everybody else. They want to live comfortably. Yeah. And so this is like a really uncomfortable thing that's like thrust upon them. Well, what what is exactly this situation where where they have to like uh, you know try to get a message out to to the government and uh, and then to the rest of India basically that you know this is like you know they're like why us you know why, why do we have to bear the, bear the brunt of this thing this mm-hmm. is a vast country you know. You know how refugees coming from Pakistan, even Hindus in Pakistan already said that we're we're comfortable here. We're not about to, you know, yes, yes, migrate, yes, yes, you know. Yes, 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 yes. But in Bangladesh, also, it's it's not impossible because whether the Muslims or Hindus, like Tripura, one of the states of northeast, yeah. is completely overrun by uh, by by Bangladeshis, mm. so that they're controlling the government and everything, and then the the traditional Tripuran, you know, like uh, they're like completely mild. They're saying, look, you know, we've been swamped. It's a little bit like the Tibetans and the Han Chinese, you know. Yes, exactly what I was yeah. thinking of. Yes, yes, So yes. The Assam Except is worried about that. There's a, there's a pretty critical distinction here, whereas uh, that, uh, you know, I mean, Tibet is sort of being colonized by the Han and Xinjiang, you know, being colonized by, by Han Chinese at government behest. It's a matter of government policy. I mean, Beijing has, you know, explicitly got a campaign, open the West and have, have settlement, you know, Han Chinese settlement in these areas, which are, you know, traditionally ethnically Tibetan, Uyghur, etc. Whereas in, in Bangladesh, it's, there isn't really a government policy of colonization here and it's across international borders and it's more, you know, people are uh, fleeing Bangladesh for very much the same reason right, that, right, right, right. you know, but, uh, but, I mean, Latin Tripura, Americans are coming in, here to the United States right, to in, for in economic Tripura, betterment. And, in Tripura, they, they couldn't keep out all these migrations. Right, right. And right, right. so they became, like, all-powerful in, in uh, you know, in government and, and in calling shots. Yeah. I mean, my sympathy yeah. is, is with, you know, migrants, and immigrants, refugees, whatever you want to call them, you know. Generally, you know, people leave, uh, you know, their native country to um, seek uh, a better life. A, a better life, exactly. You know, you know I, I support the rights of these people generally. Certainly here in the United States, you know, and, you know I, I mean, I welcome the day that you know whites become a minority in this country. I think that'll be a very salubrious development for the United States. Look, I have a very interesting live communication going on with different types of people, my relatives and people in the foundation and people who are like in, people from Assam. And lately I've struck up a, a long thread of discussion with uh, a, a one of the indigenous, he's not from the tribe, of our tribe, but like from another Moran people. Morans defeated the Assam. They never, they also held a stiff up against the Ahom invasion. But he's a Moran bass player, like a musician, you know, rock musician. 
So he's of course very erudite, and they all have a. Very oh, this is another indigenous ethnic group in in Assam. Yeah, Morans is one of the. Yeah, Moran. Yeah. There's a lot of names I can. Send sure. You yeah, there. yeah, I know. So I the know. Moran people are like an up yes. up there. You know, yeah. he comes from that background. Mm-hmm. But there's always some mixing going on, also. So it's like, the Das. His middle name is like my grandmother's middle name, but his last name is completely. He's not a Hazarika, but it's a Moran, and Morans. Had a stiff gave the Ahoms a stiff resistance when mm-hmm. the Ahoms invaded in the twelfth century. When are we talking? Twelfth century. Twelfth century. Mm-hmm. Wow, people have long memories. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and they had the Ahoms kept kept records also, written records of events and things. So he and and a bunch of rock musicians they put together a, a rock and roll song in English, and they're appealing to me. They're saying that uh, you know. Why don't you join us in this our song, which is a, a basically what I told them that it was a cry to to the rest of the world to come and you know have sympathy for you you know they, that 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 you are you're complaining uh, not that you shouldn't complain but what is the purpose of the thing it's like um, it's saying that oh we're being invaded. But what are you gonna do about it? What can you do about it? So I was a little cold. So yes, it sounds like an, a uh, very um, morally complicated question. Yeah. So so yeah. it became uh, it would become a heated, like a very driven back and forth because he wasn't he wasn't taking that as an answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he wanted to make sure. So and I took it upon myself to um, to also like spend time to, you know, try to respond from my point of view, you know, do my own, you know, like, uh, let him know where I was coming from, what I thought about these things. And and I want to play with this song. And so he's he's like, uh, I said, look, you know, most Assamese people, I, I quiz my folks over there and they were saying, yeah, this is, yeah, this, this cannot get over because... All right, you're going to like play a song? The people, yeah. You're not going to play a song on your on your handheld device, are you? No, no, I want to find it because it's it's uh, Motherland Assam. Motherland Assam. And and it's in English. By whom? Rock and roll is by this group. It's yeah. called the Cosmic Horizon. So this is the guy. He's, he's one of the principals in this band. Mm-hmm. And they got the biggest pop star to sing along with them, mm-hmm. Zubin Garg. Okay, he's, he's All right, send us the link and we'll play a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, send us so, the link. And, but I want you as who you are because he's quizzing me, he's like, can you show it to other people that and see how they see? So I'm trying to tell them that I can only interpret from my point of view, but I would appreciate if you, I want to, from your yeah, knowledge, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you what my, you my reaction. Think, Absolutely. Your reaction. Of course, of course, right. of course, of course, of course. So I want to send that to you. All right, so we're going to go out with that, and we're going to go out with the. Uh, we're we're going to play that song. We're also going to go out with the, uh, Not the song. This song. You, the, well, this song I want you to hear yourself. All right, you don't want it, but we'll play a little bit of it since we brought it up in the conversation. Oh, okay, so this was recorded. <laughs> oh, okay. It was not recorded. now. Not now. Send us the link. And oh, you're, okay. And you're you gonna fuse it in. Yes, yes, I'll yes, send yes, it yes, to yes, you. Yes. Yeah. Wake up, my own people, and be ready to speak to anyone, whosoever, or else, 
We all will be wiped out from our own motherland. Wake up. Send us a link for the song that you perform. Yeah, song. but maybe don't sing my play my song and just play my dad's song. No, no, I'm gonna yeah. do both. I'm gonna but do I, both. I fucked up badly. No, you didn't. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Believe me, you're fine. Okay, so <clears> I have to send you this Cosmic Horizon, Motherland Assam. All right, and, what, and the name of the of your father's song that you performed was uh, the Assamese name is Homoyo Agragotir, which means Homoyo the Winged Horse of Time. Ah, the Winged Horse song. Great, great, yeah. great, great, great. All right, well, we should probably wrap it up here. Is there any sure. any, any ground that we haven't yeah, covered that you feel... Uh, <clears throat> well, people should watch um, watch Cool Grove Press and all of the, the cool titles that you're going to be putting out yeah, in the year 2020. Coolgrove.com is our website. Coolgrove.com, you go, you go to the press section. And there, there you see the books. And, and right now we have a whole bunch of new t- titles I've been able to put up. So you'll see them, although without the work. But every book has like a page, the the not new ones, where you can find out more about the author, the book, what it's about. Then there's a portal called Cool Grove Arts slash arts, Cool Grove slash arts, where we're featuring artists. And then there's Border Talk, which is the blog area. We, ah, where, that's your blog. Border yeah, Talk. Border great, Talk great, is a blog. Great, 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 so great. there, uh, the direction is to bring other voices into that portal mm-hmm. so that people can discover, you know, the the voice of the young uh, Nigerians in New York or artists and filmmakers, uh, you know, from Bangladesh or, you know, what have you. I want to bring those people through the border talk portal and then there's a fourth one which is uh, which is about survival and resources called sublime interventions hmm. where curated supplies of certain services will be featured and so people can connect with you know the personal and group needs and find some solutions finding solutions and like that so it's like a place to come to to discover uh, possible neighbors. Right. Great. So uh, 
Thank you so much for joining us, Punag Tej Hazarika. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, this, this is really more fun than I've had in a long time. Great, glad to hear it. Glad to hear yeah. it. Well, that's what it's all about. So hopefully we'll continue this conversation at some future date. Oh, I love it. Yeah, thank you. Meanwhile, this has been the uh, Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg. And uh, once again, Panug Tej Hazarika. And, uh, well, uh, we'll be back um, at uh, some future date. Join us online at countervortex.org and rant on you next time.